Hey, what's going on, Clipper Nation? It's me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am positive Chuck Mockler. We are Locked On Clippers, part of the Locked On NBA Network. Yes. We say bringing, in, bringing you that Clippers news five times a week. Of course. Today we have a very special host. Sorry, guys. Very special <laughs> co-host. Word, please. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we are joined by Nick Angstead of Locked On Mavs to talk about the series. Hey, Nick, how you doing? Guys, I'm doing well. I'm excited to watch Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis in their first playoffs. However... I wish we were here talking under better circumstances. <laughs> Not really looking forward to playing the Clippers four, potentially five or six, hopefully seven times. Yeah, that's <laughs> Nick, where can these fantastic people find you on social before we get into everything? I'm on Twitter at Nick Van Exit. You can also follow at Lockdown Mavs. My co-host is Isaac Harris. You can listen to us five days a week as well on Lockdown Mavericks. And we also do every single post game as well. So if you want to hear Mavs version of these post games, you can go <laughs> listen to us there. Yeah, so absolutely check that out. We were on the Locked On Mavs podcast to kind of talk about uh, what we think the Clippers' strengths are heading into this one, as well as some weaknesses. Uh, but for today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the Mavs, sort of what makes them confident in this matchup, what uh, Nick thinks they're going to need to do to win this one. And we'll talk about some worries for each team and just get kind of into a brief overview of, of what we think we're going to see through this game one. So all that and more coming up right about now. Yeah, so really, I mean, a lot of the narrative, Nick, I'm sure you've seen it, is that this is, I think Jovan Buha dubbed it, it's going to be a very fun five-game series, uh, is what he said. What, how many games do you see this going? You know, do you see it, you mentioned four off top, which seems a little pessimistic. Uh, how many games do you see this going for the Mavs and Clips? I think it goes five. I think it's going to be one of those series. You know, remember when Anthony Davis and the Pelicans played the Warriors and it was the super exciting, you know, down to the last minute every single game. I think they got swept in that series, but I feel like it's going to be like that. Hopefully the Mavs will steal one. I feel like if they can take one, it's going to have to be one of these early games when the Clippers are trying to bring back Trez. They're trying to, you know, put basically all of this together. Maybe Patrick Beverly's out, maybe Landry Shamit's out you know, stuff like that. But I feel like it's, I feel like it's going to go five and uh, hopefully not less, but if it does everything for everything for the Mavericks right now is cake on top, right? It's just, <laughs> this year has been awesome. Two stars under the age, you know, 25 and under and every, everything that they get in this postseason is outside of experiences is, is extra. Nice. That's a good way to look at it. And I also think, I think the early games are the Mavs' best chance. Will, what do you think? Where do you think the Clippers drop a game maybe in this series? Um, yeah, I think an early one would be easy to snag. I, I, I'm hoping that we see the like sort of execution tighten up as we move through this. But yeah, with there being so many uncertainties surrounding even the roster we're going to be running out tomorrow, <laughs> uh, I think that that's a great time to attack, especially not having a strong on-ball defender at the guard position to, to guard Luka. Um, certainly you can throw uh pg or Kawhi in there for some minutes oh but. certainly yes yeah. sure you can just throw those guys in there. they're all defense two deep defensive time player of the year i mean jeez just guess we can guess we can throw those guys on him uh, some of this clippers <laughs> pessimism uh but what what makes you uh confident about about coming into this one hopefully this doesn't anger your listeners the clipper curse Hey man, oh that's fair, bro. That's it's the only thing. It's fair. the only thing keeping me alive with this <laughs> thinking that the Mavericks could even take this is that the Clippers, for just whatever reason, have had the craziest playoff things happen to them, and hopefully that some of that still lives through whoever. I mean, the ghost of Donald Sterling, even though he's not dead yet. He's uh, you know, maybe it, maybe there's something there still. But I mean, this Clippers team. I mean, you have to. 
you know, I don't want to kiss their butts anymore, but they ha- you have to put their, you know, take your hats off to them that they have, you know, put this lineup together that just is absolutely awesome with Kawhi and Paul George uh, on top of all the guys you had last year that made the playoffs themselves. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just right. Bringing it all the way back to the off season. So uh, the, the Clippers have been one of the few teams to hold the Mavericks under, you know, 110 offensive rating. They held them to 106 in three games that they've played against the Mavericks. Uh, and they can score with the best of them. All of a sudden, the Clippers offense is second in the NBA after the Mavericks, which is just kind of came out of nowhere, at least for me. Uh, and so an offensive team like that going against a Mavericks team that struggles defensively is also not good in the clutch either, the Mavericks. And so uh, that bodes well for the Clippers as well. I think it's just – it's a complete disaster of a matchup for the Mavericks. Uh, hopefully it'll yeah. be some fun games like we said, but – there's not much keeping me, you know, not much hope for me saying, oh, the Mavericks could win this if, you know. Some people, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll allow you guys to, to laugh on this point. <laughs> okay. There have been some Mavericks fans that say, if Michael Kidd-Gilchrist can get significant minutes and he can be the defender on Kawhi or Paul oh, George, no. then the Mavericks could win the series. Uh, so that's kind of the straws that Mavericks fans are grasping. <laughs> and that's, oh, a very wow. few, that's a very few amount of Mavericks fans, but they are grasping at that. I mean, you got to have confidence for something, so that's good. <laughs> You have to stand somebody right now, and there has to be someone has to stand Michael K. Gilchrist. If no one else does, then random Mavericks fans will. It's dirty work, but somebody's got to do it. Uh, so, what have you thought of the move of Porzingis to the center, and what's your confidence in that matchup against Zoo or against Trez? Uh, like, do you think he's going to be able to thrive in, in in that sort of a position? So with Porzingis moving to the five, you know, Dwight Powell started the five for pretty much the whole season. He, you know, is a favorite of Carlisle's. He does so many things well that the Mavericks love. Uh, he's a theoretical stretch the floor five. He, he's been trying to add a three-point shot to his game. <laughs> the I've seen him, there. <laughs> I've seen him hit 15 threes in a row in a practice one time. So, hey, there's, there's that. <laughs> uh, but he is an elite rim roller, right? He's an elite guy that can give you that option, which I think the Mavericks would actually need in this series, not as a starter, though. And so him tearing his Achilles, he's not in the bubble, obviously. Uh, that move, Porzingis to the five, a little bit earlier than I think the Mavericks expected. But this was always going to be the thing. This was always going to be what they were going to do. They're going to move Porzingis to the five, you know, stretch out the rest of their lineup. And he was going to be, you know, the full-time five at some point, hopefully before the season, then going into the playoffs. It's now kind of just been handed to them that they have to do that. With Porzingis, though, I was looking at Porzingis' first three games against the Clippers this year. Uh, in November, he was 15-10. and 10. Uh, and he played in 30 minutes. He shot four of 13 from the field, which is not great. Uh, in January, he shot he, – he made 10 points. 10 points. That's it from Porzingis. You're never going to win a game like that. And that was the closest game that these teams have played in January. Uh, he scored 10 points, nine boards. He was four of 17 from the field and hit only one of his eight threes. And then this past matchup, 30 points, nine boards, five assists, nine of 19 from the – from the floor, three of seven from three, nine of nine for the free throw line. He played 38 minutes, which is also a number that Mavs fans are excited about because he's finally getting up to, to play, you know, as many minutes as you want him to, right? He's not limited anymore by the, you know, the knee injury, which I felt like has just lasted. I mean, yeah. how long can this guy be still talking about this, <laughs> this knee that he <laughs> tore up, what, two years ago now? But yeah. Well, Porzingis medical is, staff adds six months to whatever time. <laughs> the Knicks, yeah, yeah. Porzingis is kind of the X factor for this team. I mean, you know, the same way you talk about Anthony Davis against the Clippers with the Lakers, uh, he's the guy that has to come up really big and has to produce for the Mavericks to take any of these games. Yeah, I think one of the big thing is, you know, Zoo, Zubats is blossoming right now in this bubble. He is the Clippers bubble darling to the fullest extent. Killed the Mavs. 
Yes, killed the Mavs. And, you know, the Nuggets have done this, and I have to assume we're going to see the Mavs do this so much, is drawing Zoo out to the perimeter with Chris Stapps. That's the best way to kind of make our defensive rotations look goofy. And if Chris Stapps is feeling it distribution-wise, it could really – that's something I kind of worry about with the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, that's just – it's just the, the nature of the Mavs offense, which is why they're the best offense in NBA history statistically. You know, that's how they've gotten to this point is having a guy like Porzingis that can, you know, stretch out anybody and basically take Rudy Gobert out of a game at times. And so if yeah. he's able to do that, then, you know, that's the same for them. I think that the problem with the Mavericks is are they going to hit shots? Are they going to – um, you know, on offense, those are their problems. And then their real problem is defensively. I mean, how are they going to stop any of these Clippers? That's, you know, that's really what's going to take them out of the games. We may see like 140, 150 point games in the, in this series. Damn, depending I on, hope so. <laughs> depending on how the Clippers play defense, but uh, it's going to just come down to can the Mavericks get stops? And I have not much hope in that. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I don't. I mean, that's 18th in defensive rating this year. Uh, the second option – so the option to guard Paul George is either Luka or Tim Hardaway Jr. Those are the <laughs> options. So both of those guys would try hard, but I don't know how much it's going to do for them. So that's where we are. How do you feel about, like, the bench depth for the Mavs coming into this? Obviously, we keep harping on the fact that the Clippers are a little depleted. Where is Seth Curry at right now, and, like, how do you see him matching up? Because I think that's a harder matchup for Lou Williams than a lot of bench guards are. Yeah, so Seth Curry's been starting in the bubble. Um, he was coming off the bench before uh, when Dwight Powell was starting. He kind of was the one that stepped in and started in, in place of Powell, which is, you know, a testament to what the NBA is now, that you can you know, start yeah. <laughs> a, an undersized guard instead of a center. But so Seth Curry, I think, is uh, – he's had some weird – right leg soreness they've been calling it he missed a couple games in the bubble so hopefully he's all the way back and ready to go yeah but he missed that the clippers game so yeah he did miss the clip yeah that, that was one he missed but that, that's going to be an interesting matchup hopefully the mavericks can take advantage of it there uh what they've really done though and in, in to sort of you know clear up that depth because the, the mavericks are without dwight powell whom i mentioned jalen brunson who was a second year guard that had added a lot to this team uh, they're also without Courtney Lee, who had added some rotation minutes. He's one of the only two guys that have been to the finals on this Mavericks team. Uh, they're also without, you know, depending on who's playing in the game. So uh, they're missing some rotation players. But what they've done is they've added Porzingis as the the option when Luca's off off the floor. And whenever Luca's off the floor, that's when the starters are gone, right? It doesn't really matter who else is on the floor. If Luca's on the floor, that's a lineup <laughs> that can stand with anybody. But when Luca's off the floor, Porzingis is always on the floor, and he's really taken advantage of that in the bubble so far, and even a little bit before that. He's really been the one that has been calling for the ball. He's been, you know, getting his shots. He's been taking advantage of guards in the post, which has always been the really hurt, petulant Knicks fans argument against why Porzingis isn't good <laughs> is that he can't take advantage of guards in the post, and he's been doing that so far in the bubble. So that's been the, the thing that's really helped, and so hopefully he'll be able to get some switches on Lou Will and take advantage of that matchup, and he's the guy I think is really going to hurt him, you know, when, when Luca's off the floor. And, you know, if Rick Carlisle decides to actually unleash Clippers killer J.J. Brea, this whole series can take. Uh, <laughs> every fan base, every, every time I've gone on a lockdown podcast like that, they're like, J.J. Brea kills our team. Like He literally every- does kill the Clippers, though. The last time, I think it was some point this year, we let J.J. Brea score like 24 points, and it was just like, what the hell are we doing? Um, I think it just stands out more when J.J. Brea does it, because when I was in the locker room with J.J. Brea, I can see the top of his head. So. Yeah, he, and he's 56 years old. Um, <laughs> coming up, we're going to be and talking he- – Oh, go ahead. 
He's dated two Miss Miss Universe contestants as well. So I mean, I J- look, there's there's worse lifestyles than JJ Barea. Uh Coming up, we're going to be talking kind of the biggest uh, worries for both these teams. But first, have to give a shout out to DoorDash for all of uh, you who are still socially distancing, still hopefully not doing LA alfresco and forcing your servers to not be paid hazard pay. Uh, you should definitely check out DoorDash. Uh, between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. Uh, you want Chinese, they might want pizza, someone is craving Fergo, you can order it all from DoorDash. Uh, have the most unhealthy dinner in the world. Uh, you can continue supporting local restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that uh, need your patronage now more than ever. You can also do contactless delivery. They'll just leave it outside your door. It's fantastic. You don't have to dap up the driver or anything for doing a great job, but you should tip them. Uh, DoorDash is the app that brings you your food you're craving right now, right to your door. There's over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. You can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, or if you're feeling particularly fancy, the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, our listeners, Locked On Clippers, can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA, all capital letters, one word, that's $5 off your, your zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA, all capital letters, one word. Don't forget, LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Okay, so we're back to the series preview with the Mavs. And Nick, I want to ask you, what is like your largest concern coming into this? Other than everything. <laughs> I'm not. I'm actually not worried about the offense. So I, I think the Mavericks are going to yeah. score on this Clippers team. They score on everybody. Uh, they've each game they've scored more points on the Clippers. I think it was 99 the first one, and then 111 this past game. So I'm okay. With, I'm, I feel like they've really figured out their offensive identity. And you know, when Luca's on the floor or off, it's defensively. It's you know what I mentioned earlier with Tim Hardaway Jr. being the starting option on Paul George. It's you know who's gonna is is Delon Wright gonna show up? He's been a guy that we had really high expectations for and hasn't really lived up to them as a guard off the bench, you know, guarding somebody like Lou Williams, probably maybe coming in and guarding Kawhi a little bit. I mean, that's just, it's not an ideal situation for them. Uh, And then it's, you know, what are they going to do with Porzingis? I don't know if you guys saw the Mavs Blazers game where Damian Lillard went off for 61. Yeah, Uh, He just absolutely (laughs) killed Porzingis off of pick and rolls. Just anytime they switched, uh, he just went right to the basket and scored around him. He did that little corkscrew around the basket and scored on the other side. And if the, Clipper, if the Clippers do anything like that, where they put Porzingis in pick and rolls, that's when it really, the Mavericks really struggle is uh, guarding that with Porzingis, guarding on the wings, guarding. Uh, I mean, in the post, they're okay, right? They have Porzingis defending the rim. Um, you know, they have guys that are good, like good offensive rebounders, like you said that, uh, you know, keep possessions on the Mavericks side, but it's just everything defensively. It's that the Clippers are just going to get anything they want. As long as they're hitting shots, it's just not going to go the Mavs way. That's a good call. I think, I mean, <laughs> you're it. right. Like, like the defense really is. It's such a funny issue. Cause I noticed in the, in the Blazers Mavs game, you, the Mavs were just going under every single screen and it was just in the kind first of, half. Yeah. And then it was just kind of over like Damon was like, okay, I'm just going to shoot. Um, the, the point guard situation for the Clippers obviously isn't as dynamic offensively. Um, but I think a big issue is if if Bev doesn't play in this first game, which he is questionable, the running of our offense becomes difficult. And so your guys's offense is, I mean, it's, it has to be the biggest worry for any Clippers fan. You guys are 
I still am not entirely sure how you're the best offense in the history of the NBA this year, but I know you're number one in that right Doncic with five uh, out. That's what that's the answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, but yeah, I think you guys hitting shots are going to be big. And then, I mean, I just hope, like you said, I just hope the Clippers can hit shots. If we get a little too lackadaisical or something, it could be a sneaky win for the Mavs in this game one specifically, I think. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the Mavs are a top 10 team in opponent three-point percentage allowed. Uh, so, Damn. yeah, if we're, if we're not able to knock down shots. And, like, who knows what that is? That's, I mean, like, I don't know if that's credit to the Mavs defense or just teams shooting poorly against them. But, I mean, if we fall into that slump, uh, finding other ways to score, and, and if, you know, we lose any of that spacing on the outside, it just makes things a lot extremely difficult. Um, but I, I'm not too worried about this team um, sort of finding ways to score. Uh, I, I think that we're going to be able to take care of that. Um, one one weird thing that uh, I, I feel like I, we haven't talked about on here is, uh, do you think that Carlisle gives you an edge over Doc oh. in a playoff matchup? Because one thing that we Spicy. get really frustrated with Doc, right, is like he can be very set in his ways. Uh, sometimes he's really hesitant to try new lineups or move out different things, even when things aren't working. Oop, I think we lost Will there real quick, but we're getting him back. Um, I like this kind of spicy take. Yeah, do you think there's a coaching edge for the Mavs? I mean, I think if you ranked if you ranked coaches, I think you would put Carlisle ahead of Doc Rivers. Um, I think that's we haven't fair. seen we haven't seen Carlisle coach in the playoffs since 2016, and we haven't seen him coach a team like this. You know, a super young team in a long time. Anytime we've seen Carlisle coach in the playoffs or coach really well, you know, it's been a Dirk led team with you know a ton of veterans, right? Yeah. I mean, the last like playoff run, Jason I think had Terry. Vince Carter. <laughs> yeah. Right. Had Vince Carter hitting a game winning shot in the corner. I mean, uh, man, that, uh, so I, I think it gives them an advantage. I'm not sure how much of it, and I'm not sure how, what they're going to, to bring out. I mean, we've been hitting our head against the wall on so many different Mavericks things and hopefully Carlisle brings out something against this team that we're not expecting. And so I am expecting that I am expecting something to come out that, you know, Carlisle has added, you know, to prepare for the Clippers. So, but we'll see. I think it does give him some kind of an advantage, but it's, it's to be seen what, what he could actually do to, you know, to like bridge the gap or uh, close the gap between these two teams. Yeah. Doc talks about, he said it today in his presser that the NBA is the most overscouted league in the world. Um, and he said that one of the biggest things teams can do is to look inwards and try and make these new wrinkles themselves. Like, stop looking at the other teams. We already know, you know, Doc talks about how you know what got, what the other team's going to run in the playoffs. You just kind of know. And you hope that those two or three new wrinkles they put in don't completely confound you because you really only have one game of the new wrinkles for them to kind of really surprise the other team before, you know, a coach like Doc or a coach like Carlisle knows exactly what new stuff you added in there. Um so I'm hoping if we can get a full roster for the Clippers, that's our biggest concern is do, have we had any new t time to even put in new wrinkles to try and, you know, if we have to go over the hump against this Mavs team. Yeah. One of those things that the, the Mavericks have at, are probably going to do a little bit more is the Luca and Porzingis pick and roll. They, they haven't done that as much as, yeah. you know, we would want them to or expect them to. And I think they're just going to unleash that in the playoffs, hopefully because <laughs> It's just, I mean, it's so hard to, to, to stop that because you have – Porzingis can do one of two things. He can roll to the rim or he can, you know, pop out. And if, when he does that, it, 
team just has so many different decisions they have to make. And then Luca just has to make one good pass, right? He makes one good pass and then it's either to Porzingis for a three, Porzingis for a dunk, Porzingis for, you know, uh, a mid range jumper. If he's all by himself, the defense went to pick up Luca and then it's, you know, shooters all around with Dorian, Tim and then Seth Curry. So that's, I think something that he's going to bring out more that we haven't seen a lot. It's sort of like the, you know, Steph Curry, Durant pick and roll that they, you know, the Warriors used to just bring it out yeah, in the playoffs because they didn't need it all year. So I think that's going to be one of the things, but defensively there has, there has to be something else. So we'll, we'll see whatever he, you know, he adds. Maybe you guys will throw out some zone, you know, who knows? Maybe it's just Boban guarding Kawhi. I mean, maybe that's the answer. So there might be some, Bo- there's probably going to be a Boban game in this series, right? Like as long as, as long as the Clippers keep playing zoo, right? As long as they keep doing <laughs> yeah. that. Well, we don't really have Trez yet, so who knows what's going to happen with that. Um, coming up, we're going to be taking just a quick look at this game one preview. But first, Will, I like healthy bars, but I would also like them to taste good. How can you help me with this problem? You need to check out Built Bar. The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser than it was before. It now comes in 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. New flavors inc- include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The, the best thing about Built Bars is they're healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They're great for the keto diet. They got a great flavor profile, including 19 grams of protein. And right now, we have a special offer for Locked On listeners. For a limited time, you can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. That's promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. All right. Welcome to a very quick Clips vs. Mavs Game 1 preview. Uh, injury report for the Clippers, Bev, Trez, and Sham, all questionable. So, personally, I think we might see Trez, because Doc kind of used this weird terminology for he's earned the right to just be thrown back uh, into the mix, which I think is yeah, a little interesting. Weird. What does that mean? <laughs> His minutes load is so crazy that, like, it's just such an odd way to phrase it. Yeah, when I read that the other day, I thought, well, this, he's just saying he's earned the right to – you know, say if he's ready to go, then he's going to be ready to go. He's, he's earned like the benefit of the doubt when he says, Oh, I'm ready to go. I can, I can do this. And all right, well, you've, you've earned it. Like, go ahead and just, you know, play and I'll play you 18 minutes straight down the stretch. Right? Like, yeah, like, who, knows, who knows what he's going to do. Uh, Porzingis also on the, uh, the, I think questionable or probable. Oh, really? With uh, what? Interesting. With a heel, certain thing. So uh, uh, he'll probably be fine. Um, he'll, he'll probably play, but we'll see. Yeah. The other odd thing with Trez, too, was Doc was asked a couple days ago when we'd see Trez again, and he said, we don't have a full plan, but it's not ideal. I'll tell you that. So that was kind of this terrifying, ominous quote that Clippers fans were like, all right, well, he hasn't been hurt, so why the would plan he not? Is not? So this, this happened on a smaller note with Michael K. Gilchrist, where he wasn't in the bubble. Yeah. And then they're like, we're trying to get him in the bubble. Logistically, we can't get him in the bubble. This was the very beginning before they even started playing games. Yeah. And then they brought him in. There wasn't an injury or anything, but he said he's not ready to play live action yet. And so, and then he just kept, like Carlisle just kept saying that about him. And we thought that there was some kind of injury that he was trying to play through, but I think it was at the end of the day, it just came down to conditioning. So maybe That's, he's yeah. talking about Montrez of like his conditioning is not ideal right now, which nobody coming out of quarantine like that is in game shape. There's this whole story about Luca where 
his trainer said he wasn't in game shape and everyone took it out of proportion and stuff, which we did on this podcast for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, but yeah, it's, and it's funny too. Like we talk about championship experience and Luca has championship experience. I think his level headedness in this first game is going to be, I mean, the whole Mavs team is going to feed off of it, right? Like, he is the leader despite being – I mean, he's probably the youngest person on that roster, pretty damn close to it. Um, what, he is, yeah. The, two, the two-way guys are even older than him. That's crazy. Um, what are you kind of expecting from this first game? Do you think there's any kind of feel-it-out period, or do you think these teams just know each other so well that it's just going to go down? I think there's going to be some kind of feel it out, especially with, you know, Montrez Harrell coming back. The Clippers, you know, haven't been at full strength. I mean, I think one of the matchups there without Paul George, now one of the matchups there with Montrez, without Montrez Harrell. Uh, I was looking back, even the preseason game, like Terrence Mann started that game, that, that yeah, preseason game. And he got against. into it with Luca, which was like, dude, we might see some weird thing where we get some Mann and Luca beef or something like that. Like, that would be incredible. <laughs> I mean, I think I know who would win on the court, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, and Porzingis hasn't been this kind of Porzingis, all these other games I mentioned, you know, the points that he's scored in the past couple games. So it's kind of a feel it out that this is what these two teams are. And, you know, they've been both been building up until the playoffs and the Clippers especially have been trying to ramp up into the playoffs and that's been their whole plan the whole season. So there's going to be a little bit of a feel it out. I think Uh, the chance for the Mavericks is the Clippers feel it out process includes them making some mistakes by deferring too much to each other or, you know, trying to figure out how to fit everybody together on defense and miscommunication and things like that. So there's going to be some kind of feel it out, but these offenses are going to, I mean, I think these offenses are going to hum in this first game. And they're yeah. just going to go at it. I think because Luke is not going to shy away from any moment, right? He's, he's the one that you're not worried about. He's 21 and he's the one you're least worried about on the Mavericks. If you're a Mavericks fan, uh, but everyone else is super young too. I mean, Porzingis has some experience in playoff games like this, but not as much as Luca. And uh, you know, everyone else is, you know, I think the player with the most playoff experience, Seth Curry went with the Blazers to the Western conference finals last year. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been, you know, with the Hawks, in a couple of playoff series. Other than that, it's like there's not much on this team because there's yeah. such a young team. JJ Barea obviously has been yeah, in the finals. He's the won the finals. <laughs> he shut he shut down LeBron in a finals game. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, do you think the Clippers hold anything back in this first game? Or are we just gonna try and see Doc go hundred percent full bore? I mean, I actually hope one thing is held back and I that to me is gonna be Trez's minutes. Um, yeah. Doc has kind of had the rhetoric that when Trez is back, he's just going to kind of throw him back in because quote unquote, cause he's Trez, earned it. Yeah. Because yeah. Trez has earned that right. Um, so I, I, that would be one thing that way that I hope we hold back. But other than that, no. I mean, I've kind of been saying for the last eight games, like, you know, the, the time to flip the switch or whatever cliche thing we need to do <laughs> is, is now. Like, there's, there's no longer any more time. There's no longer any more excuses for like chemistry or um, health issues. Like this is what we got. And so I, yeah, I hope that they're ready to come in full bore. I hope we see it too. I like what Nick said about the two offenses are just going to go at each other. Yeah. We might see, I mean, if the Clippers have an off defending night, we might see, you know, 140 versus 127 or something like that in this game. The chemistry though, I think is something to be said for the Clippers though. Like Paul George and Kawhi have only played in, what is it? 51% of the games together, 30, 37 games. That's, that's mm-hmm. not, a, that's not a lot of games, like 37 games for them to have played together in. 
Uh, I think Paul George, Kawhi, Patrick Beverly played 29 games together. That's 42, 40% of the games. Uh, and then Kawhi, Paul George, and Lou Willie have only played 32 games together, 44% of the games they've played. So I think the, the chemistry is, is going to be an issue it's, at some point. Uh, it might not be to the detriment that they'd lose this series or even like drop three games or something like that, but it, it's going to be something, especially when you guys get into farther down the line against playing maybe the Nuggets and then um, ho- you know, hopefully the Lakers. That's what we all want to see. Yeah, um, I, I think the chemistry – that's where kind of the star power I hope overrides. Cause you're right. There's going to be some kinks. Like you said, kind of maybe deferring too much, you know, Reggie Jackson, maybe taking too many shots, something like that, but <laughs> that's anti-deferring. Yeah. Um, that's where the star power hopefully comes in. And it's just like, all right, things are a little weird right now. Kawhi go on a six Oh run, you know, PG make a nice defensive play and let's get a couple of baskets or something like that. So I think this and this, you know, this Mavs team's been together for the whole bubble. You know, Clippers have not. It's been shuffling. So this is a nice, I, you know, I don't, you know, this is going to be a difficult series, obviously, because the offense for the Mavs, um, difficult in the sense that it, you know, might go six games. But this is a great first-round opponent for the Clippers, I think. It's a tight-knit team. It's a team that works hard on the little things that the Clippers sometimes overlook. So, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a challenge, but I'm hoping this game one, yeah, I hope both teams just come out firing. Hope we see some fireworks. I think the, the Clippers run to the finals is going to be, I mean, this is going to be a real tough run to go through this Mavericks team with the best offense NBA history, the Nuggets team, you know, with Jokic, and then probably the Lakers, you know, after that, and then play Bucks or Raptors or Celtics, whoever gets there. <laughs> I mean, that, that's quite the run. Yeah, it's a big run, and I'm sure they'll find a way to discredit Kawhi's progress throughout the whole thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Will, uh, let's get some game predictions. Will, what's your prediction for game one? Um, I think that we end up taking it. I think I'm going to go ahead and assume we have Trez. I'm going to say we take it 121, like 116. I think it's close. I think it's really close. Nick, where are you at with game one? You're rubbing do, your temples. Do we know who's, so seem too we know who's refing the game? <laughs> oh, man. If it's Scott Foster, go ahead. And, I mean, we might have to give this one to the mask. I'm not sure who's refing the game. If it's Scott Foster or Tyler Ford, Tyler Ford hates Luca. So, if that's who it oh, is, then just know that Luca's going to have a, a bad game. But Does Scott Foster also hate Luca? I think he hates everyone, right? Isn't that documented? That <laughs> yeah, that's it's not a team. I don't know, but he hates basketball. Uh, <laughs> I hope it's a five. I hope it's a five point game. I hope they. Get, I hope the Mavericks can keep it within five to the last five minutes. It becomes a clutch game, and then you know I, I hope Luca pulls something off. That's that's the hope that you, that you have for, as a Mavs fan. But uh, I'm going to say five point game. Clippers win like 125 to 120. I'm going to say that. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be in that 120 range. Clippers might creep up to 130, but I think it'll be a thing that the Clippers do, which is kind of their MO where, you know, if the score wasn't on the screen and you were watching the first part of it, you'd kind of assume the Clippers are getting waxed. When in reality, it's just maybe a four to eight point deficit and then one quarter rolls around and all of our shots start to fall. So I think it might be one of those games. Um, Clippers by, let's call it seven. Um, Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show and breaking down what the Mavericks can do to us. <laughs> they can also win over your hearts guys i forgot to mention that i don't know if you've seen all the bubble content have you seen boban and luca and hey man we have win and your hearts over so yeah that's a good time um we'll put your twitter handle and everything on here fantastic twitter by the way nick van exit is a is an elite handle to have blocked uh, by the actual nick van exel by the way uh, i've never interacted with him ever but he decided to block me i think he thought my handle was making fun of him this was a long time ago before i was even 
you know, anybody in media. So I think he maybe That's thought I was hilarious. making fun of him. And uh, yeah. So. Well, well, hopefully this playoff run can bring you guys together. Um, on Tuesday's episode, we're going to have a recap of the hopeful victory over the maps. Uh, taking questions for Twitter Tuesday. So please send those in to at Locked on Clips. And then whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, hope, God forbid, a bunch happens other than the basketball game. Uh, Will, where can these fantastic listeners find us? Uh, you can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, you can also check us out on Spotify, French streaming app Deezer. You can tell your smart speaker to play Locked On Clippers. And if you feel so inclined, leave a rating or a review. Helps us out. We love it. We'll definitely, yeah. we'll definitely call you out on air. Yeah, even say something mean. If you curse, we'll censor it. Um, again, we want to thank Nick Anset for coming on the pod. It's been enlightening. Um, you know, it's going to be a fun series. Uh, I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William, the Opinion Update. We appreciate you.